We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. They love it on Nebula. They're wild about it on Torinus. Even on Motus, where they don't like anything at all, they eat it up. This is the Bob and Jeff Show, starring Bob Lutz. I've got things that I like to do. I like to watch television. Jeff Lutz. You're just talking about all these shows, like old man. What is that? Like every show that starts, well, I'm watching it. I I don't get it. 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. Stand by for action. Welcome back, everybody. It is hour number two, the Bob and Jeff Show on KFH Radio. Virgil Ballard joins us. He is the commissioner, longtime commissioner of our fantasy football league. He and his son were out uh, at side pockets last night getting this thing done with 12 players. I threw him, I've thrown him several curves this year, and he's hit them all out of the ballpark. Virgil, welcome to the show. Yeah, just call me a Kuna, 60 and 30. There you go. That's exactly right. <laughs> so we always bring you on after the draft, and we'll get you on periodically throughout the season to talk fantasy football. Uh, but you know Jeff and I are, are extremely insecure, and we want to uh, hear. You more than me. I'm more insecure than you? A little, yeah. Huh. <laughs> uh, we want to hear your thoughts on the teams that not only we pick, but who has the best team in our fantasy league at least going into the season? Well, I mean, I did I did send out the draft grades. Hope everybody got those. I had the correct one of we them. We did. I uh, Everybody got uh, an A or B. There was four A's and the rest were B's. So uh, not a not a big difference in the in all twelve teams really. Everyone's a, uh, got a little bit of a weakness at one position. If you're if you're strong at wide receiver, you're a little weak at running back. If you're uh, strong at running back, you're probably a little weak at wide receiver. Uh, the quarterbacks went fast last night. So if you waited around to get a quarterback like a couple teams did, then you're you know you probably drafted two of them hoping to get by but I don't see that anyone you know killed themselves last night with the draft and I didn't see anyone that just even Duda uh, Duda actually team team graded out as an A I mean he started off really well and for a guy who didn't draft a running back till round six uh, I mean his running backs aren't awful I mean it's definitely a weakness on his team but I mean uh, for him to get Jefferson and come back and get uh, Devontae uh, or Smith, at Devontae Smith, and then Jalen Hurts. I mean, his first three picks were about as solid as you can get. And so, uh, well, I don't like his team, but that—that's just me, you know. I mean, uh, 
I'm not. Uh, don't great. Like I, don't, I don't think I like my team, but I don't like Duda's team. Yeah, well, actually, Duda says he's projected to score the most points in week one. And, of course, I'm projected to score the second most points in week one, and we play each other. So uh, that's just how uh, the cookie crumbles. But even the bottom team is only, like, projected to score 12 less points than the top team. So that's how close the league is. Uh, it's just the running back position uh, in, in, in the NFL and in fantasy has just really changed over the last couple of years, you know. Um, the NFL, the running back's just not as uh, – a powerful position as it used to be, you know, you like someone like Jonathan Taylor, you know, he can't get a contract. Uh, um, guys like Melvin Gordon, you know, he was talking about in preseason, how the veteran running backs, they, they just uh, having trouble finding homes. And, and then if, if you're not a three down back, who stays on, stays on the, on the field on third down, then your value in fantasy is, is way down. And you're so dependent on running back by committees now that, uh, you know, if someone could hit a home run last night by drafting a running back really late, and it was, that person will be uh, miles ahead of someone else. Yeah, it's weird, though, right? Like, now everyone's drafting receivers first, but uh, receiver is a really deep position, and running backs, really not. So it seemed, and not, and we had some running backs go early, but I just think the I picked the running back number four. You did. I just think the switch kind of is 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 interesting because there are so many good receivers and fewer good running backs, but still people are taking receivers off the board first. But I think with receivers, there's tier levels. You know, you've got the the top guys like the Jamar Chases and the and the Justin Jeffersons and Cooper Cubs and Devontae Adams, and then you've got the next level, and then after that. I think there's just a big wide group that are on that third tier that can, can fill in as a second wide receiver or third receiver on your fantasy team and get you through. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very deep position. You're right. Virgil Ballard, our guest, the commissioner of our league 40, or league 42, our Bob and Jeff <laughs> fantasy league. Uh, so I'm going to give you my starters and I, I'm not, I'm going to need some, I'm going to need some good fortune here. I'm not thrilled with this team, and it may be just the fact we had 12 participants. That may be what this is. Well, it drops off really fast in about round seven or eight. So my quarterback starter is Trevor Lawrence, who I'm uh, predicting will have a breakthrough year, even though you could say last year was. Austin Mm -hmm. Eckler, Kenny Walker uh, are my starting running backs. Garrett Wilson, Jacoby Myers, uh, starting wide receivers, Kyle Pitts, tight end, Alexander Madison, flex. Anything, any upside with that group, Virgil? Um, I, I, wait, I wondered what Alex, Alexander Madison is going to look like uh, as the starter. Um, you know, if he, if he's Dalvin Cook or Dalvin Kick Glide, you'll be all right. Uh, Kenny Walker's interesting. He's going to get pushed by Zach Charbonnet, so we'll see how that works out. It's it's like every it's like half a dozen uh, running back situations. You just got to wait and see how they work out. You did draft uh, Jerry Judy, who's injured, and Traylon Burks, I think, is injured too. And so once those guys come back, that's going to boost your your second wide receiver spot. I do love the Garrett Wilson pick. I think with him with uh, with Rodgers, and just might be fantasy gold. Uh, and you stole Kyle Pitts right before I was fixing the draft, and so that was a good pick, too. <laughs> I got Jawan Johnson stolen right out from under me by Shannon Gray. That I've never been more mad. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I, say, I, I, I can't believe you guys are fighting over Jamon Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about ready to trade him Mahomes for him. I'm, I was so mad that, uh, man, yeah, but you're right. Jawan Johnson isn't the guy to get worked up by. But it's just like when anyone takes the, the guy you want right before you, it drives you absolutely insane. Oh, yeah. It, it, it happened two or three times last night. It happened to me, and it also happened to Zach Woods, too. He was over there sitting by me. He was same thing. He had a couple of players that he was, he basically had already penciled in, and they got drafted one or two spots before him. So, yeah, that's always frustrating. I mean, but you know, that's the that's the, that's that's what we love about fantasy football is, it's it's gotten where uh, all the information is kind of there for you, you know. So it's really closed the gap. I mean, back in the the old days, as as, as old people would say, there used to be. You used to be able to do some research and then separate yourself, but nowadays with all the fantasy shows and the fantasy websites and all the information that they they spoon feed you, it's it's really hard to get a get a clear uh, separation uh, preseason. Now, man, it's uh, team uh, roster management and stuff like that's a different story. Yeah, you gotta you gotta manage the roster, Virgil. We appreciate it. You open your fantasy season against our friend Jason Duda. Uh, I open against uh, uh, Chris Costner, who's back in the mix, and Jeff opens against. Who do you open against? Uh, some guy. Hold on. Uh, I open with Jason, Jason Norris. Norris. Uh, so Norris. we'll all, we'll all see how we do in week one, and and uh, go from there. Virgil, thanks yeah, so can... much for running the league for us. Hey, no problem. I love it. I can't believe that Duda ghosted us and still got the number one pick. That guy, that guy just lives in. He just he, he he just lives in a dream world, doesn't he? He does. We talk about spoon fed, <laughs> spoon feed him for sure. All right, thank you, Virgil. Everybody. All right, there goes uh, Virgil Ballard. Uh, our uh, our fantasy league. We're going to talk to Joanna Chadwick about high school football, and this is a heck of a week one uh, with some really really important games right out of the shoot. Yeah, we got a lot of good ones. We're not going to mention them right now because we want to talk to Joanna about them. Yeah, we can't do that. Uh, so we're, we're going to hold uh, on that, but it's going to be exciting. I'm kind of happy to get back into the swing of football. It kind of gives us some benchmarks for our show. No question about Make it. Make our picks. By the way, I'm 2-0 and already. As am as I. You are, but I'm, I've got uh, 12 points. You've only got 10. Uh, due to 1-1. One and one. Out of well, one of mine was the eight-pointer. So, well, one of mine was the eight-pointer. Which one? Uh, Utah, Utah, Florida. No, that was my eight. I picked it for eight too. Oh, good, good for you. Max picked it for seven. He's two and zero. Oh. Uh, due to the only one with a miss, for some reason he picked Minnesota. Although Nebraska looked not great. Well, yeah, it was a low-scoring game. I didn't watch it, but I assume neither team looked. That great. But Nebraska obviously has a long way to go. And then what do we have tonight in the college ranks? Uh, KU. KU. Yeah, we got KU playing tonight. Uh, so that'll be interesting. And then uh, Louisville and Georgia Tech. Uh, would either of those schools make a power conference? I'm going to come up with my three power conferences. How many teams each? 16? 16 each. You're going to do this Tuesday. You can't do this now. Yeah, I'm not going to do it now, but look at all the schools I got written down here. Leave a bunch. You're going to have to eliminate some. Well, right now I have 
35 and 61 written down. Well, they, Canada. Uh, and I didn't include everybody. I didn't include Rutgers. Didn't include Vanderbilt. Didn't include well, those wouldn't even North be candidates. Uh, Northwestern, though, Chicago. Well, Vanderbilt, Nashville, Rutgers, New York City. New York City? Yeah, Rutgers? it's right there. Rutgers is in the New York City metropolitan area. When you're in uh, New York this week, go over and look at Rutgers. We're not going to go look at Rutgers. It's 300 miles away. Are you kidding? Where do you, where's Rutgers? Uh, it's in New Jersey. I know, but where? It's just across the river. I, I think it's you're right just... there. It's in the metro New York area. That's why they got into the Big Ten, because of their TV market. Here's another example. Is it in New Brunswick? Here's another example. Newark or Camden? Well, look it up. There's three of them. It's got campuses in all three, then. That's my point. So which one is Rutgers? I mean, come on, man. Don't, uh, don't uh, highlight your ignorance. This is a show for you to shine. But New Brunswick, no one in New York City's a Rutgers fan. Okay? Are you kidding? There's Rutgers graduates all over New York City. I'm talking about a fan. Of course not a graduate. Fans. And it's an hour and 22 minutes from New, New Brunswick. Well, that's not You know that, how far the, it is from Where's the Vanderbilt? main campus? You know where Vanderbilt to Nashville is? Where's the is? main campus of Rutgers? You know how far Vanderbilt is away from Nashville? Well, answer the question. It's I, so close. It's in Nashville. I, answer the question. I don't know. I mean, you couldn't sound more misinformed. I assume New Brunswick. Which is, uh, all I want on this show is, is for my co-hosts to at least sound like you have a clue. I just put you absolutely, absolutely to sleep. Rutgers is in the New York footprint. No, it's an hour and a half away. Uh, that's like saying someplace an hour and a half away from Wichita uh, is in the Wichita footprint. What is uh, main campus of, of uh, is in New Brunswick? An hour and 22 minutes away. I don't believe that. Well, you can believe it or not believe it. You're, the, in, the, the funny thing is the distance between New Brunswick and New York has no bearing on your beliefs. It's 36 miles. Now, if that takes you an hour and a half, you got problems. It does because that's the New York footprint. Right. You can just hop over to New Brunswick, and it's 36 miles away. That's, uh, that's like Andover is to us. It's just down the road. 36 yeah. miles. And my point is, I'm going to go to New York City, and I'm going to go around New York City, and I'm going to explore New York City, and I'm not going to see a single piece of Rutgers paraphernalia. I will guarantee you that if you pay attention, you'll see somebody in a Rutgers t-shirt or a Rutgers hat. Okay, I'll bet you right now $15. It's the you closest know Division One university, certainly the closest Power 5 university, to the largest city in the country. I'll bet you... And if you think you're not going to see a Rutgers person... It, on the in the city not. in the city of New York, where I won't. nine to ten million people live. That's my then point. You're going to have your eyes closed. Okay, I'll look. I'm going to look out for him. Here's what I'll bet you. Actually, I'll bet you twenty confidence points in uh, in our pick. So if I see a Rutgers, uh, uh, someone adorned in Rutgers gear, Rutgers swag, then you get twenty extra confidence points.
from uh, me. All right. There's a Rutgers Club of New York City. I'm sure there is. Uh, four million members. There's probably an Ida, Ida. Four million members. The president is Jamie O'Regan. Let's get him on the show. Or uh, her. Eric Seidman is their treasurer. They even have an events director. That means they got multiple events for Rutgers graduates in New York City. That, you know what that means? Hundreds upon hundreds of uh, Rutgers graduates uh, in, in the city of New York. There's no question about that. They have a Facebook page, the Rutgers Club of NYC. You want to know how many members it has? All this is making me think of Jim Valvano, but continue. You want to know how many members are on this face? I can't. Look at all these posts. Your religion, your family, and Rutgers basketball. They uh, they had a, an outing on June 12th, the Rutgers Club of New York City. Where? They had an outing. They went to a Brewers game together. A Brewers Yankee game. Yankee Stadium was filled with happy okay, Rutgers well, fans. I'll, then I'll see them. Right. That's my well, point. Yankee Stadium was They're filled. They're everywhere. You can't turn around in that city. Without bumping into a Rutgers fan. That's how. That's the only way they're going to get together is to be together. Because they're not. They're not like just out in the open. I got to join a club to uh, go to a Yankees game in my Rutgers gear. I got to be a part of this group instead of just me. Because we're so hard to find. Here's another. Here's another big event here on the Facebook page. I'm. I'm thinking about joining this. Join it. Uh, the Rutgers Club of New York City, right here on Facebook, uh, this Sunday. You know what they Two don't have? from now, they're going to get together at uh, the Penn Six Bar in New York City. I might go. And uh, they're going to watch the Rutgers game against Northwestern. There's nine people. You know so, what they, you know, Are you going to be in New York by Sunday? No. You know what? Uh, Call them. You know what they don't have in New York? They don't have a Yankees club because the Yankees club is just the people who go to the Yankees game and don't need to wear their Rutgers this club a, shirts. They got a Rutgers alumni party. They had one in New York City. All these places are at bars that hold 50 people. Oh, my God. What a fun, what a fun thing they to would be go. a Rutgers We'll go see the Brewers. Uh, we will take a break now. We'll be back momentarily with Joanna Chadwick. As she uh, talks high school football from uh, Vite Magazine, back with back in a minute. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 
KFH. sound of George Harrison, My Sweet Lord, Time for Something Sweet, the musical theme of the week. Joanna Chadwick joins us from Vibe Magazine, also journalism instructor extraordinaire at Derby High School. Joanna, welcome. Well, thank you very much. I, For a second there, I thought you were complimenting me on my sweet personality. Well, I mean, you do have, you are a, the, the pure <laughs> epitome of sweetness. Outside of uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, are, are there any other Joanna songs out there? There are not. And I do just want to say that I totally teed that one up for you, Bob, and you held back. I'm, I just, I'm proud of you. His, his cognitive abilities, I don't even know if he got it. So no, Here's the thing about Jeff. He does believe my cognitive abilities are declining. Uh, I'm on the fence about it. I'm trying to uh, withhold judgment until there's more evidence. If I that. really believed they were, I wouldn't say it. I hope not. That would be hurtful. Uh, Joanna, we're excited about high school football season. We got a little bit of a taste last night, including... Uh, kind of an interesting uh, upset, I think. We would regard Garden Plain defeating Conway Springs as a little bit of an upset. Does this mean Garden Plain's back uh, into big-time prominence? Well, I mean, I, th- I, th- I think that that is a really good sign for them. Um, you know, I, I, any time that you're going to get a win like that, it's weird to see that game for me. I just... Hard, you know, that was always like a mid-season game that I remember watching and being such a great atmosphere, you know. But thinking about getting a win like that over your rival is always just the way that you want to start the year. And and obviously for Garden Plain, that's exactly what you want to build on. For Conway Springs, I'm sure that they're talking. Hey, today it is one game. We have plenty more to play, and we're going to be okay. But boy, there's a lot of lessons that come out of that first game. I'm going to stay kind of in, in that area because tonight we've got uh, Cheney and Kingman. Kingman 12-1 uh, and one last year, a, a two-way runner-up. Cheney's seems to be always good. Uh, how, how are we shaping that one up, do you think? Well, I mean, the thing is, is what, that when you look at what Kingman did last year, I mean, that is just truly exciting for that program. And to watch that happen, and I think that for so long, you know, we, we kind of got used to certain teams being the – being who we were going to watch in Class 3A and Class 2A, and then to watch these different teams really come forth and stay there. You know, it's not just these one-hit sort of wonder seasons. Um, I think with Cheney, with that, you know, with Jack Both, I think that he is such an exciting player that uh, teams are really going to be looking for him. Uh, he's definitely got the ability to throw the ball, move it across, you know, move it around the field, and I think that he's going to be such a key to their offense. So I – but – for me, Kingman was just such an exciting team to watch last year. I really hope that they're able to continue that this year. Uh, talking with Joanna Chadwick. Uh, feels like old times here on the show. So we have two games that uh, could be potential. I mean, they're two of the best games that will be played in the state of Kansas all year. We get them on week one. Bishop Carroll and Northwest at Northwest tonight. Derby going up to Manhattan. Uh, to try to gain some revenge for two of their three losses 
uh, last year. Uh, boy, what 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 great games! How do you see these? Boy, I don't even know how I could possibly pick these at this point because I think you know Derby. You know they opened last year with that overtime loss on a field goal to to Manhattan, and of course their season ended in the semifinals at Manhattan. And uh, I mean, there's a, a lot that that they obviously want to get revenge on. They're a different team, though, this year. Uh, Braxton Clark, who would have played in that semifinal game last year um, at Manhattan, he's now the starter. Derek Hubbard, who was the second back to to Dylan Edwards, who, of course, is at Colorado, um, he's now the man. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see what Derby can do. As for Bishop Carroll and Wichita Northwest, I mean, you know, you say that game in my brain says you should go to that game. And then I automatically push that aside because there's going to be a zillion people there. And because they know that it's going to be a good game, this game just doesn't disappoint. And I I kind of wish these games were a little bit more to the middle of the season so that we could see a little bit, you know, these teams a little bit more solidified in what they're doing and, and have more knowledge of them. But at the same time, God, what a great way to start it with one of the best rivalries around. Can can East work its way into that mix? I, I I'm really rooting for East, uh, just to make it a little more interesting. Not I mean, uh, you know, Carroll and Northwest are obviously gonna gonna be there and do that. So is can East get into that mix with as talented as as their offense is? Well, and that offense is unbelievably talented. I mean, they return. Uh, experience, they have speed, they just have dynamic players who make big impact plays. And I think that uh, they were pretty irked last year with how that season ended with uh, some mistakes that they made. And I think that coach is really focused on making sure that that doesn't happen again this year. And so, you know, when you do experience something like that uh, and you do get a a chance to come back and uh, he, he believes they've learned a lot from that and that so that this year it's not just talent it's not just ability but it's also uh, playing that smart kind of football to value the football to value every possession talking the high school football full slate of games tonight across the state of kansas as uh, we get going in full swing so we were spoiled last year we had avery johnson and dylan edwards in our area two uh, big 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 time college football recruits uh, who fills that void this year? I know we got a we got a bunch of guys who can really perform at a pretty elite level offensively. Uh, do we have anybody in that category? Do you think? Oh, I'm sure that we actually do, and they're going to start to really uh, reveal themselves. Um, I personally am excited about uh, Sincere Thompson out at Wichita Northwest. I think that this is his time to shine to really be the man um, and uh, showcase what he's got. You know, they've got a lot of running backs out there, and he doesn't have to do it on his own. But I think that he is one of the more exciting players, and, and I would say he's probably the guy that I'm watching for. Any any surprises you expect? Uh, are there any teams that you've come across looking uh, during, the, uh, during the summer? Uh, that maybe look like to you that they could be a, uh, a little bit better than expected, perhaps. I kind of uncovered Goddard uh, as a team. They went from 0 and 9 to 5 and 4, lost a bunch of close games, and have a bunch of seniors. So that was that was mine. Did you have one of those at all? 
you know, I I have a hard time doing it in football when picking those teams because I think that so much has to fall in place for a football team, and that's why I was such I did such a good job at predicting uh, football rankings and who's going to win games because it tends to be the same programs year. Yes, I did do a good job. I had a consistently excellent success rate. <laughs> well, yeah. good, good mm-hmm. job. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> but anyway, um, but, you know, it's most of the time it's going to be the same teams year in and year out. And so I think it's hard to predict that. Um, and I suck at predicting those teams who are going to pop up and surprise us. I do. So I I want to ask you about Andale because we know what a dynamic program that is under Dylan Schmidt and the success they've had. What is their winning streak now? 59 games or 51, crazy. 51, I think 51. 51. Uh, so they opened the night against Wellington. Then they have Rose Hill, Eldorado, Smoky Valley and Nickerson. Uh, wouldn't want to be any of those five schools. Uh, that's, that's five and oh, okay. That really no, a uh, big threat to Andale. But then in the final three weeks, they get Collegiate, Cheney, and Pratt. So it's going to be – that's an odd uh, setup of a schedule uh, with the three really good teams at the end of that. That's interesting to me. Uh, is Andale going to go 8-0 again? I mean, it's hard to bet against them. You know, I mean, that 51-game winning streak is absolutely legit. And, you know, I think they gave up like 68 points in 13 games last year. And granted, they do have a lot of guys who who graduated from uh, from Andale from last year's team. But at the same time, they also so convincingly beat, te- excuse me, beat teams that they were able to get their younger guys in. And so when you look at coming back with an ONX uh, who replaces, you know, a three-year starter uh, for Andale, the fact of the matter is, that 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 Owen has had that experience he had and he's gone up against those guys who were so good so for me I just I I, I know collegiate is going to be good I know Hudson Farrell is a really good quarterback but at the same time at this point I am not betting against Andale uh, last year by the way Andale outscored the aforementioned five teams that they open against this year they outscored them, hold on, 346 to 48, including a 108 to nothing win over Nickerson. That's I, a lot of points. I would have probably looked for maybe another school to put on. I don't know. But that's, that's crazy. Uh, it is. Joanna, don't is you crazy. agree that's crazy? I think it's, I think it's the, those numbers are absolutely nuts. And it just goes to show their absolute dominance. I mean, the last four years have been – just impeccable football for Andale. Well, I mean, to, and then they outscored the three. That's what I'm saying, right? 123 to 14, they outscored Collegiate, <laughs> Cheney, and Pratt, and then yeah. they outscored the teams in the playoffs about 500 to six. So it, it really doesn't matter who they play. <laughs> no, they're uh, just they're so all good. clamoring for that Chiefs Andale game. <laughs> oh, you're so crazy. And uh, Joanna, it's really good to have you back. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Hey, sounds good. Bye, guys. Thanks. All right, Joanna Chadwick, Vibe Magazine. Yeah, the, the season that Andale had last year is just ridiculous. No, well, they've done it four years in a row.
essentially. They won in the playoffs last year, 63 to nothing over Goodland, 45 to six against Pratt, 48 to nothing against Rock Creek, 36 to nothing against Clay Center, and 28 to nothing in the championship game against Holt. The year before that, they gave up uh, 70 points on the season. The year before that, 36, 78. Uh, they don't ever give up points. Crazy. Chris Asmussen joins us on the IHOP hotline. Don't forget IHOP, where guests can enjoy four new sweet and savory biscuit options. Chris, welcome. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Well, we're going to play a little intro to our segment, and then we'll get started asking you questions. Max? All right, Chris Asmussen, the City League Athletic Director. Is that really your title, or is there a more uh, distinguished-sounding title that you have? Oh, that title's just as good as any. Uh, The actual title's called Director of Athletics for USD 259, or they always call it the District Athletic Director. So uh, in my time here in Wichita, I remember Pete Kennedy in that position. He had it for many, many years. Of course, Jay Means had it for a long time as well. There have been a couple others. Bill Fafflick. Uh, Bill Fafflick, yeah, Bill Fafflick uh, was one. Sure. Yep. Yeah, so some distinguished folks have had that job. Describe that job to our listeners. So the job really is um, more of a uh, helping to make sure that uh, our schools in USD 259, uh, the athletic directors uh, get everything they they need. I I do a lot of the scheduling, a lot of the logistics behind the scenes for them, Um, any any policies for the district. Um, I work with our uh, district leadership to to get that done. Um, Also, I'm the executive director of the GWAL, so also do a lot of stuff, uh, making sure that that league works and runs right and tries to uh, be humming along and, 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 and just going as best as we can. How valuable is it that you've had time as an athletic director at a, at a USD 259 school? Um, you know, there have been recently uh, some people, a person maybe, that uh, came from a different district. Uh, so how is it uh, valuable to have that experience? Uh, I think it's, it's it's extremely valuable to uh, have worked in one of the spots. Uh, it's like any any kind of business or any kind of uh, uh, structure. Um, if you've worked at that area in one of the spots, uh, technically below it, I guess, then um, you, you see it from multiple ends. Plus, you've already made all those connections and, and uh, relationships. Uh, so anybody coming outside from an outside district uh, that hasn't worked in Wichita, it, it's just really kind of hard. Uh, it'd be hard for me to go to somebody else's district and do this job, um, just because uh, you you have to build all those all those uh, relationships. And if you've already worked in this position, it's uh, you know I kind of step in and know a lot of the guys and know a lot of the uh, the people that make things go. Chris Asmussen, our guest, uh, athletics director for USD two five nine. So tonight we've got Northwest and Carroll. And uh, you work in 259, so I would presume that uh, you're going to be pulling for Northwest. But you also, do you, how much do you represent the City League as a whole? Uh, so first and foremost, uh, the people that write my checks are from USD 259, so, uh, so go Northwest on that. Um, after that, <laughs> uh, 
anything else, um, you know, I want our league to be represented. So it is the secondary part. Um, so if Carol is playing anybody else, uh, you know, other than a two five nine school, then I am cheering for them uh, full full out and and as hard as I can. What did you uh, value about your time at Southeast, and and what do you see as as some of the ways that Southeast maybe can get back to to what it was uh, athletically, especially in in football and, and boys basketball. Um, well, I, I really enjoyed my time at Southeast. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I uh, followed Mark Lamb, who was who was a great mentor of mine, uh, and worked with him uh, luckily for four years here before uh, before he retired, and I and I took over his position. Uh, and so I was at the old Southeast and moved it out to the new Southeast. Um, so you know, I've got a lot of I've got a lot of history I had to learn during that time, and and uh, and I'm very proud of all that all that knowledge that I've uh, retained. Um, to get Southeast back where they're going, um, I just think it's going to take some time. Uh, I, I believe currently they have great leadership in that school. Um, I believe, you know, they're, they're moving things to the right directions. They're hiring the right coaches. Um, they're doing the right things on getting kids where they need to be and, and uh, you know, getting the priorities straight with them. Uh, you know, Southeast now has a stadium, which uh, they were building whenever I left. Uh, it was actually getting built um, right when I left Southeast, so they just got the uh, the pillars in for it. Um, but I think having that stadium will also add, and and hopefully uh, I think it's going to help them uh, build that football culture again that used to be here uh, at Southeast, uh, you know, running great um, basketball. Uh, you know, sometimes things go in trends, and and uh, I think they have the right coaches in place, and, and uh, I think that that will help them uh, get back up to the top. Talking with Chris Asmussen, Director of Athletics for USD 259. So I've been around a long, long time. Uh, high school sports is near and dear to me. Uh, how important is it? We love having the halves uh, when it comes to high school sports in your league, and we've got, we've got some of those in football and basketball, certainly. How important is it to avoid the have-nots, the schools that uh, where it just seems almost – I won't say hopeless, but uh, more difficult maybe than it should be to build any kind of program, either in football, mostly I'm talking about football. Uh, how much is that a problem in the City League at this time? Um, you know, historically, it's, 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 it's had its challenges. And, I mean, it, it's always challenging. Um, you know, it, it is hard. Uh, I won't uh, shy away from that it's hard to – um, when you don't have a football stadium, it's hard that uh, you're always traveling to your home games or away games. And, and some people embrace that, and they use that as a chip to, to kind of have some winning seasons. Um, some people, you know, they don't. So it's, it's kind of an attitude and a, and a way that you approach it. Um, it is hard. I've, I've been at a school that has not had a stadium. Uh, I've been an AD and coached at that. Um, but, you know, there's also some, some good things. Um, that come from that, and that's just where you can get your kids to play in any atmosphere. You tell them that that uh, you know, no matter where we're going, we're gonna we're gonna um, you know play our hardest and do everything. Um, the one thing that I will say is is once Wichita went to going to uh, everybody having turf fields, even if you didn't have a stadium, uh, that evens it out a little bit. Um, but you know, we're always going to keep trying to work and uh, get more equity in our schools. 
And uh, it's just, you know, everything costs money and everything costs a lot of money more now than it did in the past. So, so there's always that kind of balance that we have to, to watch. And, and hopefully um, there's a time down the road when you and I might be talking. I'm hopeful it's time whenever you and I are both doing our jobs, same, same position. But uh, there might be a time where we're talking about, hey, remember the days whenever not everybody had a stadium, but they do now. So um, hopefully we'll get there and we'll just keep working. All right, uh, going to turn it to you for a question for the two of us. Um, question for for the two of you. Um, what are your predictions for the city league? <laughs> uh, well, I think Northwest is going to be really good, <laughs> and I'd love to see somebody. Uh, obviously, tonight's game, Bishop Carroll, Northwest. Those are the two front runners. Uh, we'd like to see East be better. Uh, and they're already really good. We'd like to see them kind of throw themselves into contention. Uh, Capon looks like it's going to be good. And then personally, you know, I'm kind of a guy that would like to see the bottom feeders start to get better. So uh, that's kind of right. where I yeah. am. Right. Yeah, I like right. Northwest a lot. I think they – I hope uh, this year is kind of that year they cash cash in the state championship. Right. Well, with them changing to 6A, you guys uh, with Northwest, uh, and again, I, I'm, I'm obviously going to cheer for them to be a state champion, but, um, but uh, you know, it, it, uh, 6A normally goes through Derby, so so uh, do you think that they Derby, have Manhattan, that yeah, it's going to – Yeah. Blue yeah, Valley, very there's gonna, tough. There's going to be some great football played, uh, especially at the upper levels. So, Chris, I really appreciate your time. Uh you know, I'm a big proponent of high school sports, especially here in our, in Wichita in our area, and uh, we'll catch mm-hmm. up with you soon. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, anything you guys need, you know that we're here for you. Thanks. Right. Chris Asmussen, five questions guests. All right, have a great weekend, everybody. Spend it safely. If you're going to the lake, have a good time. We will be back on Tuesday. Jeff, out next week, he'll be seeing the Eagles in New York City where he will run into countless fans of Rutgers. See you Tuesday. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.